happen when you do support a, and go to a, a small local business like this. You know, they're, they're really trying to, I guess, bring you produce and, uh, and products that are, are, are local as well. Another week kicks off on Dirty Linen. Another week of chatting to people in the world of hospitality about all things front of mind and swirling around. I kind of feel like we're in a bit of a new stage of these uh, crazy COVID times with another wave coming through. Uh, cost of living, uh, cost of everything, um, impacting people in all kinds of different ways. Uh, just Things just do feel a little bit difficult for a lot of people. Um, we're going to talk about everything that's going on in the mind of Lee Boyne today. Lee is the owner of a Melbourne wine bar called Hudson's Road and I'm really grateful to have you on the podcast today, Lee. Welcome. Thanks so much, Danny. Great to be on here. Tell us a little bit about your wine bar. Yeah, it's just uh, coming up to almost five years now, which is pretty amazing, I think. Um, just uh, one of, you know, fairly typical little suburban wine bar, I suppose, but also a independent bottle shop and, and small deli in Spotswood, just over the Westgate there. And yeah, it's only it's a small little, you know, 20-seater inside. Um, yeah, and something that, that we started, well, I started, you know, almost five years ago now and have a, you know, fun time being there with uh, with all the locals of Spotswood and, and the immediate surrounds, I guess. I guess a lot of those inner west suburbs have had something of a renaissance over, well, you know, certainly the last like 15 years, 10 years, five years. I mean, they're all, uh, there's lots of interesting stuff happening. Tell us a bit about Spotswood, like what drew you to open somewhere there and what's the community like? Yeah, the, the community is fantastic. I live um, in, in Newport, uh, so it's it's just down the road, and and was in Yarraville for a little bit prior to that. Uh, I've always, um, aside from some time spent uh, living in Sydney, have always, um, you know, been uh, more this side of town. I grew up in in Lara and Geelong, um, and yeah, when when coming back from Sydney, always thought um, of of settling, you know, back back on this side with with young children and, and grandparents, you know, stretching sort of from Geelong to Ballarat. It was always this side of town that, that it needed to be. So when when the thought came to to open something, um, which, which has sort of been there my whole life, I suppose, you know, very lot, lots of hospitality experience when I was younger, like a lot of people, but it, it stuck around for, uh, you know, beyond um, the early 20s, I guess. Um, but then, you know, after a period of, of being out of the, uh, the business, you know, the, the idea of having something never went away. So... Um, you know, wanted to open something and, and looked, you know, in the immediate area. I think with, with anything like this, it always pays to to be uh, open something locally to you when you're local and also with, you know, the, the hospitality hours, you know, not having to, to drive across town after work is, is a bonus. So um, look, looked around and, and at the time thought Spotswood was perfect, uh, you know, probably six, seven years ago, um, you know, some areas – Closer, you know, perhaps like Newport, you know, weren't quite ready, I didn't think. Um, but then the other areas like Yarraville and, and Seddon and whatnot did have plenty. So definitely thought there was a gap in Spotswood. And what do you reckon are the important ingredients for a neighbourhood wine bar, bottle shop, deli like yours? Like what what is it about? Do you sort of perceive what you think the community wants or is it about sort of stretching them in a certain direction? Like what, what do you think? Yeah, how do you go about putting a neighbourhood place like that together? I think it's exactly both things that you said. Um, you know, you're definitely being relatable and, and understanding what people in an area 
uh, like that want, but then there is, you know, the aspect of, of stretching it too. And the area, I mean, we've, we've seen it changing, you know, I certainly get, I've, you know, more pet nats in the fridge now than, than when we opened, um, you know, there, there wasn't one then, um, you know, so as an area changes, um, you know, the, the need for those sorts of things and people's appetite, I guess, or, um, you know, they're, they're, they're more willing to, to try something like that. Um, you know, you, and in a North wine bar could quite easily have probably three orange wines on by the glass at the moment, but you know, um, still in an area like ours, it, it's not something that the people gravitate towards straight away. So, um, you know, knowing when to, to, to push the, the boundaries a little bit for, um, customers. Um, but you know, also knowing that, you know, that you need to have what they're, what they're comfortable with, um, and, and what they, perceive as local, I think is, is important too. You know, I'll, I'll certainly have, and it's got to do with my background. You'll find a lot more Geelong region wines in at Hudson's Road than you would uh, Mornington. Uh, and that's because people this side of town, I think, you know, consider that to be a local wine compared to the other side. That's so interesting. It's that real sense of micro regions and the sense, I mean, you know, like um, let's say North Carlton or whatever, it's only 10K away, but the fact that people's tastes in drinking wine would be so different, I find that's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's 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 hard to put your finger on sometimes, but I think it's definitely there. Yeah, really interesting. Um, and, Lee, what do you reckon about my little intro and just feeling like there's there's something of the feeling of a new phase um, in this, you know, this history that we're living? What do you reckon? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's hard to <clears> – <throat> sorry, I'm um, – uh, a bit, a bit croaky. I'm. Uh, I finally got struck down uh, after all this time, and and had to have ten days isolation. Just came out on Thursday. Well, there you go. It's all part of it. Hey, there's yeah. a lot of people being struck down either for the first time or again at the moment. I know. I thought maybe I was, you know, one of these superhuman people that that had a fantastic immunity, but it's it's not the case. And, and maybe I paid for it, for it and uh, and seemed to get a, a triple dose. But um, yeah, it's 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 really hard to remember. <clears throat> what normal is, I guess, too. And, you know, you, you sit there and, and count back the lockdowns. You know, I, I think I refer to, you know, Melbourne's first lockdown, but it's actually the second one, you know, the, the major one that we had at, uh, in, in, over winter in 2020. And, and you know, there's coming out of that was, was such a crazy time for, for a, a hospitality business and it, and it really boomed after that and it was fantastic. And, and then we had, some, some little lockdowns and then I guess our, our second major one through winter last year and, you know, I don't, it's hard to put a, um, a handle on exactly, you know, how things were before it all but, you know, the, the, my sense tells me that it, it hasn't bounced back the same after after that one like the, the end of 2020 um, and, the, and now, yeah, there's just so much you know, there's, there's still so many cases around. There's, I, I feel a lot of people in different areas might be different, but I feel a lot of people in suburban areas might, you know, are getting out more on the weekends still to to the regions or to, you know, to visit family or, or friends in Colac and just these sort of things. You know, people people's habits have changed. We, I guess, took for granted for so long being able to go visit friends and, and you, you cancel on your friends regionally you know, in a couple of days prior to going to see them. But I feel people aren't doing that now and they're, they're you know, they're, they're taking advantage more of of going out and, and, and visiting everyone, you know, because we, we were locked up for so long. 
Mm, that's really interesting. And, and so what what sort of impacts have you noticed recently on your own business? I suppose the, the most obvious one is that you weren't able to be there for at least 10 days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was a, a huge struggle. Anyone in, in small business of, and not just hospitality would would understand that when it's when you, you have a place yourself, you know, so much of your, your staff's hours um, – and, and time is, is yourself. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm really lucky to have a, such a, a fantastic team that I have to have 10 days out. You know, everyone sort of stepped up and, and luckily no one else, um, you know, it did, didn't spread within in the the bar or anything like that. So, no, none of the other staff had it at the same time. There's only been one other staff member prior and that was sort of through the, the start of this year period. But, um, yeah, so, so everyone was there. We only had to close one day. Um, a few other days opened a bit later, but, um, you know, with that came really high staff hours, of course, because I wasn't there. So, um, you know, that that's a, a huge challenge in a, in a small business. Um, other things at the moment now, yeah, as I was saying, I don't know many people around necessarily on, on what you used to consider the, you know, you could always bank on, on busy Fridays and busy Saturdays, but at the moment it, it seems to be like it's one or the other potentially. Um, and even things... I think you see, you know, like bookings of four, for instance, so often become three at the moment, last minute, because, you know, four friends are catching up, someone's got COVID. Um, so, you know, that extra, even though the booking goes from four to three, you're not filling that seat with someone else. They're on the same table. So, um, you know, you're not necessarily getting to capacity all the time because of, of things like this. You know, cases are still so high and apparently rising. Yeah, it's really tricky. And I mean, what about the cost side of things? I mean, I've heard people talk about difficulties getting wine, yeah, onto shelves, you know, for various reasons, or that the costs of things are going up. Like, how are you finding that side of things? Yeah, yeah. Every, I mean, there, there's not an aspect, there's not a, a product in the business that that isn't going up. And I have, I guess, you know, the the retail side of things too. So there's a lot of the, you know, you. you you know, the, the small selection of deli and, and Provador style things. But, um, you know, everything there's, you know, whenever uh, a wine that you stock, um, you know, whenever a vintage rolls over, it's, it's going up. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's been an example recently of that not happening. Um, and it's it's the things you don't, you know, be, with, as a small business, I don't have, you know, a, a, a cost analysis or anything like that that you know I imagine big businesses might have but um, you know you, you miss a lot of things it's just you know it's it's the death of a thousand cuts sometimes you know the the six dollars in the last two orders for the the box of who gives a crap toilet paper uh, you know it's it's such a tiny amount per per use I guess per, per square of oil roll of paper um, you know the, the fifty dollars a month electricity bill that's gone up it's only a couple of dollars a day but um, it's just all these tiny little tiny little things, you know, um, there's an extra delivery fee for, um, a couple of boxes of wine or, or beer, or instead of that, maybe the supplier has, has said it's minimum three cases instead of two now to get your free delivery. Um, so while that hasn't gone up, you've, you've got more stock sitting around at any time. So to, to avoid the rising costs, so there's just sort of no way to, to escape it. And it can be hard to, to always pass it on. Um, you, you have to, and, and I think most people do understand that. But um, when when everything's going up, and, and sometimes you feel people might not be going out as much because their their costs are rising, it can be hard to counterintuitive to, to put prices up if you're quieter as well. Well, and I guess also 
you know, you mentioned the four might drop to a three, but then presumably that three might not have the next bottle of wine or they might have a cheaper wine or they might not have that deli plate. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, everyone's, you know, cutting cutting costs in their own way and it's not always obvious, I don't I think when they're when they're sitting there, but um you know, yeah, the if to, to sit there and analyse the group spills, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure they would be would be down uh, uh, more now than um, a similar point to last year. Although similar, similar point to last year, we we'll probably weren't open, so I don't know. Well, we were open as a. I was very lucky being a, a bottle shop and with the retail side of things that that um, you know that uh, business model did work through the lockdowns. Which was which was amazing, and and especially the last, major one last year, there was some real fantastic support through the the um, license hospitality grants and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, they're, they're a lot luckier than, than a lot of businesses who aren't around. So, so Lee, in the you know in this context where things are pretty tricky and pretty tough, you did reach out to me to chat about something that just didn't feel quite right in this context. Do you want to talk about what it is? Yeah, no, thank you. I, I got in touch. Um, there was a, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people saw it. There was um, Aldi did a, a, what do they call it, the Aldi showroom or something. They, had, they did a, a pop-up wine bar in, in Sydney this weekend, actually. I think it's for two nights, uh, last night and tonight. And there was just, you know, there was, I guess, their PR team did a fantastic job there. Um, you know, there was uh, blanket coverage across, across so many outlets and, and I totally understand that, but for me, there were just a couple, I guess, of, of media outlets. You know, for, you know, prominent food magazine and you know, hospitality sort of online press. That for me, it I sort of you know didn't it didn't sit right that they were providing you know just that unquestionable sort of blanket press. You know, giving giving something like this airtime. Um, I mean, ironically, I, I reached out to you, and here we are giving it some airtime, of course, but. Um, don't put this on. Um, yeah, it just it really didn't sit right uh, to, you know, the, the the story was, you know, there's 83 cent glasses of wine and less than a dollar serves of cheese at this little pop-up silly wine bar. And- I've looked it up. So it's called, it's Aldi Unpacked and it's called The Trophy Room. And it's actually, it's actually the weekend of the 15th and 16th of July in Sydney CBD. Not that we're trying to give them a shout out at all, but basically it's like to get in, the ticket to get in is $4.41 and that represents the, the cost of a glass of one of Aldi's most prized wines and an equally awarded accompanying cheese platter. So I suppose it's it's so interesting because it's it's like, yeah, someone can spend just $4.41 for a whole night out and it's gimmicky and it's a one-off and I suppose it's just showcasing their products and, you know, the price point that they're able to operate at. But, I mean, what is it about this that – is it the fact that it happens? Is it the fact that it got attention? Is it the fact that Aldi, with all of its buying might um, and, you know, international clout is able to offer this? I mean, what is it about it that um, – that rubs you the wrong way, Lee. Yeah, I mean it's 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 one hundred percent a total gimmick, and you know whatever they're doing that night, whatever premises they're they're hiring for the pop up, and, and the staff that are going to do it, and, and all that sort of stuff. There's there's no way that it doesn't run at a loss, and they don't lose money from it. But that's that's not an issue for the the mind of of Aldi. Um, it's you know on, on a micro level, you know those those two nights 
you know, there, there's some small venues that are nearby that, that probably won't be as busy as they usually are those those two nights if, if <clears throat> some of their customers have, have seen this hilarious sort of concept and, and buy a ticket for a laugh to, you know, be on Instagram there and and do that sort of thing. So, you know, for, for small venues being quieter that, that weekend, it, you know, isn't helpful. It's only one weekend, but it, it does mean so much to to small businesses. But um, then it's the... Yeah, and, and for what hell are you doing? They're not doing it to make money. That's for that night. It's it's the the promotion of their their really cheap products that you know a lot of people in the industry would know doesn't doesn't help anyone. Even the the the, the, the winemakers that they're buying all that wine off, um, you know, and, and selling for for how much much a bottle in the shop. It's it's generally regarded as as okay quality stuff, but um, you know, it, it doesn't really help anyone in the industry i don't think uh i like something people who go that night might also go actually that wine wasn't too bad i've never had it before i went for a laugh and but you know it's not too bad so you know for my tuesday night bottle bugger it i'll grab an ld1 instead of going to my my local indie bottle um you know the the we all know the 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 cheeses and and things like that at, at these sort of Stores can be pretty good, but again, um, you know, they're, 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 it's, it's like cheap milk at the supermarkets, you know, the, the people they're buying it off aren't really benefiting that much. Um, and, you know, and, and again, you know, people will realize that they, they can get some, some good quality product there. And then, and, you know, anyone, even if a couple of people just stop going to their local deli, it's, it's, it's not a win for them. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it just it's this conversation that we've been having so much on the podcast and that I've written about in, you know, other forms of journalism. It's this whole idea of value and, you know, it's about offering value, showing value and people seeing the value in those experiences, which, yeah, perhaps are not the cheapest, but that there are other benefits to spending that money, whether it's, you know, the fact that everyone's being paid properly along the supply chain, or it's about, you know, that you've got these vibrant, independent offerings in your own neighbourhood, or that are there in a small town, let's say, that you're visiting. So it's, yeah, I mean, that's the challenge, isn't it? It's to keep offering that value, um, in an environment when, as you say, like it's it's trickier and trickier because of you know these these creeping costs. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, that, that, I guess that's ultimately what rankled me the most. There were just a couple of outlets that that I, I would have thought really knew better, and, and usually do promote these sorts of um, you know fantastic small venues and and understand the the supply uh, chain problems and, and costs, you know, better than most. Um, but, you know, at, at the very same time, just, I don't know, fell for, for this PR genius by Aldi hook, line and sinker, which, um, would, you know, for at the, at the time seeing it, you know, for me just, just sat wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it from both sides because as a journalist, I just think, well, if someone's doing something, it is, yes, it's gimmicky. You can, you sort of feel you could feel just like you, you notice that you're being sucked in by it, but at the same time, is it, is it notable? Like, would people want to know about it? Like, maybe I don't know. I, I, um, 
I have a bit of sympathy for the for the media outlet receiving that press release and wondering what to do with it. Um, but yeah, I totally see it from your point of view. Like, imagine if that was down the road, and this is in Sydney. You're, you're in Melbourne, but yeah, it's yeah. you can imagine this happening in other cities around the oh, country. Absolutely. I mean, I you know, I, I imagine it's that that's the plan. You know, and, and a, a whole you know extra few rounds of of press will probably come out of it. You know, there's the Brisbane one will be next and then the Melbourne one and, and who knows? So, uh, and it, it's pure clickbait. Absolutely. As well. You know, that I, I saw it through a, a Facebook post, uh, originally and, you know, I did, you know, I commented within that post too. So I, I, I am seeing notifications, but, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the most popular, you know, they've got the highest reach and, and interaction of, of their post for the last month sort of thing. So it's worked on that regard. It's, yeah. It's, it's doing the doing the job. Doing the job, absolutely. And I, I notice on their their page where they talk about it, they they say they've done a recent price report, and in that they talk about customers, consumers are not only worried about the affordability of groceries. That was fifty one percent of people who had that concern, but also food and takeaways and alcohol. Many Australians said they've already cut back spending in these categories, with almost half forty four percent reducing their spend on restaurants and takeaways, and almost a quarter twenty two percent on alcohol in the past year. So I suppose, you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're identifying the same things that, that you have, um, uh, but they're obviously responding at, responding to those, um, those cutbacks in a very different way. But, I mean, Lee, what do you – have you got any anything that you're able to do in your business that other people might find useful? Like have, have you had, thought of any ways of um, – I don't know whether it's clever ways to keep costs down or to increase spend or to, to um, encourage more people to come in. What, what are you, how are you responding to the current climate? No, no, I mean, I, I, I it's, I, I feel the, yeah, I do need to, to sit down and, and think about that again. And, and, you know, I guess coming into, you know, as we get out of winter, um, you know, the, a couple of ideas maybe to, you know, to change up. I'm even doing a, a, a few just little things within the um, within the, the venue, some some new decor uh, decor. Sorry, after um, you know five years in the venue, it's it's good to refresh these things without doing a full makeover. Um, but other than that, no. I mean, there's a for me personally, um, that there's a lot of fatigue about new ideas and you know pivoting and, and that sort of thing after having to do it for for a couple of years through you know the the process of staying open. Um, uh, especially into the the major lockdown of last year, there was just so much um, vying for people's attention online about you know what what the latest new takeaway pack is or or something like that. So there was um, it was it was exhausting just you know trying to to think of new things all the time um, to to keep. I guess people interested in, in their attention. Um, you know when, when people were stuck within their five kilometres too. Um, to, you know, everyone wanted to, to find something new to do every weekend on their walk or something like that. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of fatigue in, in that regard. So, um, mm. yeah, yeah. So I so hear that and I'm hearing that from a lot of people where you, you just you just want all that pivoting to be in the past. Um, and, but, yeah, as you said at the top of the chat, it's, you know, it's hard to um, – remember what normal is yeah, I, yeah exactly right 
um, you know, you can deep dive into your your, your point of sale figures and, and that sort of stuff to try to, to get an idea. But uh, I mean, at the same time too, then the business was only two and a half years old. So um, it, at that period, it's um, you know, it was it, it was a period of, of growing anyway, which is fantastic. So um, hard to compare now to to then. I mean, there's certainly a lot of Another thing I think is the 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 regional movement. A lot of that we that we know about. A lot of people from um, you know the suburbs uh, and and Melbourne have, have moved regionally. Um, you know, so there's a, a I think a lot of it's it's fantastic for the regions. There's there's so many openings of of little venues like this that you wouldn't have seen five years ago as well uh, in the regions. But um, you know, you realise then too after a while. You, you, you haven't seen some of your regulars for a while. It might have been six months or something. It's like, oh, they've moved out. That's right. So, um, you know, there's you, – you are, you know, uh, competing against the, the regions in a way, to, for, mm. which is a strange concept. Yeah, that is interesting, especially, you know, yeah, coming from the regions yourself, you're really, you're really tuned into that. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, but I don't think I, if I grew up in Geelong now, you, I probably wouldn't leave. It's, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot happening yeah, there. Definitely. I mean, what Lee, you you do you offer something to your community? What what would you say to people who are wondering, like, what's so special about great local independent venues? Just yeah, I think just just remember that they are. Um, you may, most of the time, they're they're a local as well. Um, you know, we've all seen the the memes about it, but you know, when you do support a, and go to a, a small local business like this, you know, their kids are going to the same school as yours. They're, that business is, you know, providing vouchers to the local football or netball or cricket club, um, just just all those little things, you know, just, just never forget that um, most of the time, you know, they, they're they part of the exact same community as you um, and they're, you know, they're, they're really trying to, f- I guess, Bring you produce and uh, and products that are, are, are local as well where possible. So uh, you know, understand that that everything's going up. Um, you know, as, as much as everyone complains about the price of fuel, that that's why you know that that bottle costs a couple of dollars more now, um, or, or the cheese does, and just just little things like that. It's it's hard to to remember and, and easy to forget when. You're fighting your own uh, family budget as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, Lee, do you want to let's talk about something that's really positive? <laughs> Tell me about a, a maybe a Geelong area winery or a particular wine that you're loving that you reckon I should look out for when I come down to Hudson's Road. Yeah, um, the, I mean, there's, there's the I, I do stock a lot. There's the you know we've just had a, a, a new release of all the the by far wines, but they you know they they need no introduction. Um, you know the the winemaker there won won Gourmet Traveler Winemaker of the Year I think two years ago. So you know that that's just an absolute you know world renowned sort of wines from the region there, which which I've always known the area can produce, which is just fantastic. Some of the smaller ones. Um, Burn Vineyard is is really good. B Y R N E. Um, we're absolutely loving their stuff at the moment. Um, their Pinot and Chardonnay are pouring as we speak, but just just really, really fantastic stuff. And and that producer uh, sources grapes from different areas in the Geelong and, and, and immediate sort of surrounding areas, but then makes it the exact same way. Um, 
as you know so we might have pinot from two different areas but but makes the wine the same way so the difference that you're tasting is is really the the, the region and the terroir of that so it's it's just fantastic to see uh producers you know really really showcasing an area like that i think it's just fantastic yeah i love that and i love the fact that it's um yeah, just that little bit further west than you are and um, that you're sort of, yeah, wrapping your arms around that region. I really love the specificity of it. Um, Lee, it's really, really great to have a chat to you. Um, just, yeah, really feel all this, all that stuff that's um, swirling around for you at the moment and I, I know it's going to resonate with a lot of other small business owners and, and people, yeah, working in the suburbs and looking after their community uh, but also, yeah, um, needing to sustain a business in amongst that that same community. So thanks so much for laying it out for us today uh, so articulately and, yeah, wish you all the best uh, in, in your wine bar. Awesome, Danny. Thank you so much. I really love the show. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.